0: You're listening to and the plot thickens, an authors on the air radio network podcast. Join your host, suspense and horror writer Jeff Crawford, as he explores the art of creating tension and mood with authors from a wide variety of genres. Find out more about Jeff and his books at authorjeffcrawford.com. And now, meet today's author guest.
1: Hey up and welcome to And the Plot Thickens. I'm your host, Jeff Crawford, and we are part of the Authors on the Air Global Network. Providing technical assistance is Carrie Schaefer, Karen Biggerstaff-Patterson, and Kim Carpenter. Today we are in for a real treat. Our guest today is author April M. Rain. April has been on my radar for about 10 years, and her talents are only surpassed by her ability to be genuinely nice and helpful. Welcome to the show, April M. Rain.
0: Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for having me.
1: Hey, I, I, I couldn't wait to get you on this show. Um uh that is, is one of those there's on, on my bucket list.
0: <laughs> That's wonderful. I, I appreciate it. I'm so honored.
1: Well thank you. April, you write in an in uh multiple genres uh of mystery slash thrillers, sci-fi and urban paranormal. With any one of those subjects, the reader would expect to pick up a book that had suspense or at least tension as a constant thread running through it. Tell us about your approach to those parts of your books and how you decide what to reveal and when during your writing.
0: Okay, um, you know, for me, uh, I, I don't look at the when i look at the book or when i'm thinking about the story i don't look at it like there are parts um that create suspense i really try to create suspense within every single chapter Um, i like to look at it like it's kind of an anticipation of what's going to happen next Um, and I like to start the book like that and end the book like that and everything in between. Um, there's like a common thread that I see like with my reviews where people will say it's a page turner. And I try to really keep that story moving moving forward and giving that anticipation throughout the entire story. It's, it's. I just love it.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And you do such a wonderful job at doing that, Which which that brings me to, the next question automatically, because you said you try to build suspense into every chapter and and I guess uh, probably try to feed on the suspense from before and, and make it not only continue, but to grow, make it exponential through the entire thing. So I'm wondering how detailed are you in your outline process? And by that, I mean, do you consciously ratchet up your suspense because you've told yourself to at a certain point or do you simply write and let your skills tell you what you should do
0: and when? Um, You know, it's really interesting because um, when I write, uh, I get into the book, I start writing, you know, I'm I'm starting with the first chapter. Um, I really try to see the story before I actually write it. Um, It's very odd. I don't know if it's odd, but for me, like I don't really know it's, it's interesting, I don't know. Um, like there are times when I'll take a drive and I'll just play out this entire chapter in my head um, before I'll sit down and actually write it. And um, then when I get to the actual writing, I do outline my chapters. Um, I, I do six bullet points. So six things that I want to happen in that chapter carrying forward from the chapter before. And, um, and then I'll write. But then when I actually sit down to write, I let the characters dictate the story. Um, it, I, I'm sure you know this, Jeff, when you really start getting to know those characters, they really do take on a life of their own. And- They do. They do. And so I'll you know bullet point out these six things that kind of need to happen, but I really let the character dictate the direction of the story so it's really weird I start with being able to see it like it's a movie and then I sit down and I outline those six bullet points per chapter and move from there and I just I let the character take it on
1: well since we're since we're talking about suspense as a as the focal point of this show and you let your characters sort of develop and take on lives of their own so even though you've outlined you've got your bullet points and you know where you want to end up are you surprised at points during the chapters during the books at where your characters took you
0: absolutely without a doubt there have been times when i mean i i don't know this may sound so strange but um there'll be a a character that actually kills another character and I'm writing as it's playing out for me as the character is just, you know, kind of taking on that life and doing what they're doing and I'll be crying. I mean, I get emotionally involved (laughs) as if I'm like the reader or, you know, um, like I'm watching it unfold. It's really, it's an amazing process.
1: So, so the suspense grabs you as well as the reader
0: my heart is racing I mean I'm getting sweaty <laughs> the whole thing yeah, yeah. it's really well, it's, it's interesting
1: well that's that's I guess that brings up a, a, a neat thought that if, if you're writing it and you have an idea of where it's going to go maybe not the mm-hmm. details but you have an idea mm-hmm. and you can become that emotionally invested in it then you've got to believe that it's going to have the same effect on a large percentage of the readers
0: i like to think so you know i mean i yeah i mean i it it it, every story every story i've written i i don't know if this happens to you or other writers but like where you're just your heartbeat is just racing and um, you're in that scene, you're actually in that scene, you're letting it unfold as you're writing it. And um, it's, you know, I think if it has that effect on me, if I'm sitting there crying in this moment, where I'm, I'm feeling fear, I have literally been writing books, where um, my desk face a wall, and I'm looking behind me. Constantly because I'm I'm fearful of what's happening. I I have I have. I mean it's it's eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock at night, three o'clock in the morning, and I'm looking to make sure no one's coming in the door.
1: (laughs) That's Um, funny. That is funny.
0: So true.
1: (laughs) Now, my nickname for you, even though you don't know it, is Series Queen. You have written more, <laughs> you've written more series than anybody I've ever heard of. Um, you know, because, well, you've got a list of titles as long as my arm. Um, <laughs> but do you tidy up each book at the end? Or do you allow the tension and uneasiness to bleed over into the next book in the series after a sort of a, I, I guess you call it a cliffhanger ending.
0: Right, absolutely. Um, I really believe in... Um, cliffhanger endings at the end of each chapter. And I I want someone who's at night in their bed reading and they're like, okay, I know I got to work in three hours, but I got to know what's going to happen next. You know what I mean? So I want that that cliffhanger at, at the end of each chapter and I want the cliffhanger at the end of the story that will lead into the next story. I know that there are some readers, they just don't like that. Um, But, you know, it happens in everything. We're watching, you know, if we're watching a series on TV or, you know, I mean, I've read other books where there's just that cliffhanger that you just need to know. It's like, I need to move on to the next book. I've spent many a nights um, reading other authors' books and I have to I didn't get any sleep I have to get up and get ready for work the next day you know what I mean or at that moment and I'm I'm just I take the book with me to work you know
1: sure so. sure oh I've got you And I, I, okay that's I, I'm I'm in full I'm in full agreement with that I've had in in fact I got a review this past weekend that said I, I ended a book that way and he says I hate that he said I'm never yes. going to read another one of his <laughs>
0: those reviews and I'm like you know that's a good review as far as I'm concerned because you know I left them on this this kind of uh cliff right and so
1: (laughs) well you know my my opinion at first was to be upset and then I thought about it I said no he'll be back
0: he'll
1: he's gotta he's gotta know what happened
0: yep he'll be thinking about it
1: (laughs) (laughs) well let me let me ask you about something I know um that you're involved deeply in and it's not the the writing but it is about the book how big a part do you think plays, um, how, how big a part do you think the cover art plays in a book? Is it just the pick me up and buy me or does it set the mood before the first sentence is ever re- read?
0: Absolutely sets the mood. Um, and I, I think there's there's so many points to a cover that um, are important uh, just to even get the reader to pick it up. And it has to, you know, you, you have to make sure your book covers are um, true to your genre, That they reflect what's in your book, like you said, mood, Um, and that is really important as far as I'm concerned. Because I want my readers, the people that like to read what I like to write, I want them to know it's their kind of book the minute they see the cover.
1: Yeah. Okay. You know, I knew I knew that was a big passion for you. Yeah. And I and I I wanted. I've never heard anybody actually talk about covers as far as the relationship to the book besides the pick me up and buy me part of it so thank you for clearing that up Absolutely. Um, does the local vernacular or vocabulary of a book work as an asset meaning the way people speak in california is not the same way that people in north carolina where i'm at speak and neither one of those places speak like rural swampy florida where i grew up
0: Right. Does the,
1: does, does the way that you talk and the words, particular words that you used in a particular setting or area of your book, does that, does that build the suspense in that book versus if you tried to write, say, a, a, a happening in Louisiana, if you tried to write it the way that people in California would talk about it?
0: Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't cross over right. So one of the things um, that you want the reader to to feel is that they can they can um, re- like relate to the character. And if um, you know, there's someone that uh, is like if i'm using california lingo and it's somewhere in louisiana it wouldn't really make sense and it also um unless it's a California, you know the character is from california right but it really wouldn't make sense and um it kind of throws the reader out of the entire story as far as i'm concerned because they're like this this isn't how especially someone who's from louisiana they would say yeah that's that's not you know that's not how that works um one thing that I love is I write a lot of like urban paranormal, so um, vampires, werewolves, that type of thing. Um, so I can kind of just be creative with that. But if it is um, in a specific area, like m- my uh, turning series is in Washington, and um, I will literally take a trip to that area and spend a couple weeks there, just to get a feel of the area, to to understand the people, to to know the area, and and be able to then write
1: the story in that area right so you don't so you don't come off as sounding like you're writing nothing but cliches
0: exactly exactly
1: well see i've written i've written a few westerns and there is nothing i hate worse than uh you know reading a line of let's go get a shot of red eye or rustle up some grub or go with (laughs) pappy down to the back forty yeah you know you know and that's what that's what readers expect out of westerns but only in 1940 and 50 you know right let's let's be let's be real now so i understand that and that's that's a neat approach i've never Mm -hmm. i've never thought about doing that but maybe i should
0: absolutely i love it i'll take you know i'll plan the trip um and um you know just like i said go for about two weeks um, I think, I mean, you know, I think for the most part, you can get a feel of an area. I mean, uh, obviously, if you haven't lived there and you're not going to be living there, you just want to get a feel. You want to be able to talk about, you know, um, you know what it's like to walk into a restaurant there or what their shopping looks like or whatever it is, whatever, you know, in, in the case of the turning series, it was out in a foresty area. So I want to drive through that. I want to feel that um, because I think it makes a difference when I write the book in that specific area.
1: I think so. I think so. Yeah. I think you're. I think you're absolutely right. All right, April. We're we're sort of getting down to the end of this. So I want you to tell everybody what's the hottest right now for you that everyone should be looking for, and uh, and tell everybody where they can find you and your books.
0: Oh, um, <laughs> well, I'm um, I'm working on finishing the Disciples of the Dam series, and um, that is uh, set up like a TV show, so it has Four. Um, it has actual four small, you know, stories, and then one large season finale. Um, and I'm working into the third season of that, I guess you could say. Um, and that's the Cycles of the Damned. And you can find my books at AprilMorgan.com.
1: Great. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, it's not like you needed more fans, but I, I hope we've brought some more over to you today.
0: Oh, I really thank you. Do. Thank you so much, Jeff. I really appreciate uh, you having me
1: on. Oh, it was my pleasure. We've been chatting with the wonderful April M. Rain, who I hope hope will agree to come back again. This has been uh, And the Plot Thickens, proudly part of Authors on the Air Global Network. Find this show and the others in, in all the major platforms. I'm your host, Jeff Crawford. Read a book. Tell everyone that you read it. Reviews matter. Have a pleasant rest of your day and join us again next time. April, thank you so much.
0: Thank you.